WBNE. Howdy, Oaks. Before we get started today, we want to let you know that this special episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by Emily in Paris on Netflix. I know, not what you expected me to say, but we were reached out to by the people who made Emily in Paris, and they asked us to give away some copies of the first season on DVD. I have five copies, and I'm going to give away five copies. And the way that we're doing it is going to be on our Instagram page. So if you're not following us uh, today, Bacon and Eggs Pod, uh, all you got to do is we'll make a post. It'll be very obvious which post it is because it's the first one in a little while. Don't tell the people at Netflix. And uh, all you got to do is like the post and comment saying that you liked it. And then if you share it on your story, you get an extra entry. So there's there's five DVD sets, and we will announce the winner next week on Bacon and Eggs. Emily in Paris, I watched it with Emily, who is my wife, who has been to Paris. In fact, in her foyer, there's pictures of the Eiffel Tower. I guess not her foyer, but her parents' foyer. There's pictures of the Eiffel Tower that my Emily, when she was in Paris, took. I also watched Emily in Paris. It's very freaking good. Um, so if you want to have your own little little piece of the show... This is where you can get it. It's right here. Faux free. Reminder, we are giving away the DVD copies, not Emily or Paris. Correct. Yeah. You cannot get the Eiffel Tower. Uh, You cannot get my wife. You can get a DVD copy of Emily in Paris, the Netflix show season one. Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edshill. And today we're all gonna die. Or maybe we're just making trillions of dollars. So put a bag over your head. And don't look up. Because today we're bringing you Don't Look Up. Don't Look Up, directed by Adam McKay, came out on Christmas Eve 2021, that's December 24th, which was 18 days ago from this recording, had a $75 million budget, Uh, it had a box office run, I guess they think there might be some award possibility here, I don't know, Uh, $782,000 at the box office, so not a lot of money, so very, very limited, Uh, 55% critic rating, 78% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 49 on Metacritic, Ethan? Do you have a negative review? I do. Uh, I have a negative review here from James Berardinelli um, of Real Views. That word confused me a lot just now. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, James Berardinelli says, despite his die forecast and a seeming, seemingly can't miss premise, don't look up as a failure on too many levels. And although the viewing numbers may satisfy Netflix, it's a shock to see such a high profile film self-destruct. Yeah. I love when you get like a good reviewer writing a nasty review about a film because like it, they make they they're like I in this blurb I will prove to you that I watched this movie. I did. And he really does understand it. I think that he could easily write that review and then call it a 3.5 though. That's kind of where I'm at with that review. Yeah. Tyler, um, do you have a positive review here for all for all this movie? I do. Mar Reinstein at Us Weekly says, please ignore that instruction or else you'll miss out on a sharp, so sharp it hurts satire that skewers our current state of politics, technology, and celebrity culture within the context of an asteroid headed to Earth. And Tyler, before... Uh, Discord has just exploded on my computer, or I was going to read some Discord reviews. Can you read some listener reviews for me? Because um, I'm incapable of opening Discord, apparently. 
Yeah, let me pull them up. I've got it right here. A lot of different feelings. It's like SMAP gets, gives it a 99 out of 100, minus one for simply being too real for life today. But it was such a fun ride that made me laugh, cry, and punch the air. Stellar cast two. That's kind of on the top end. But then if we go sort of the bottom end, Jimmy says five out of 100. It failed to capture my attention and made me unnecessarily angry. Maybe the ending's good, but I wouldn't know. And then it's got this face. So I want to talk about this movie before we give scores. Right? I want I just want to I want to quantify a few things about this movie real quick. Yeah, sure. This is something that we have not seen before ever. This is a movie that truly stands on its own in like you know, we've had the argument about like blockbuster versus the mid budget versus the ultra small budget. This movie costs seventy five million dollars, right? Which is becoming more and more of a mid budget movie as we get into things in the upper three hundreds. But yeah. like, they threw a lot of money at this movie, and the reviews are about as mixed as they can possibly be. And it's not I, just your normal Rotten Tomatoes phenomenon where like, you know, oh, it's a it's a bunch of a bunch of sixes, right? This is a bunch of tens and a bunch of ones coming I, together. I, I think it's the subject matter. I think what well let so let me finish here real okay. quick. Because it's not it, yeah. this is my comment is about subject matter. We'll get into subject matter in a minute and why people did or didn't like this movie. But the fact of the matter is this is a new breed of movie entirely, right? This is a movie that is designed to make people watch it on Netflix, right? There's no box office pull here because it doesn't go to box office, right? It doesn't have to play by the previously established rules. It doesn't really have to listen to the, the rating system. It doesn't have to worry about, you know, what is and isn't going to sell. A, a one out of ten is just as good for Netflix as a 10 out of 10 here. Yeah, that's the review you read, was like, Netflix likes the numbers. <laughs> so. Right, it's the, it's the second most watched movie ever on Netflix behind uh, Red Notice, and I, I do think it will beat Red Notice to the 28-day mark, which is what Netflix is counting. But this is what I want to talk about, is, is, is watch hours, right? Netflix positioned themselves out of nowhere to like properly enter the box conversation and the box office conversation and control the box office conversation in a way that's never been seen before with with Red Notice and with this movie, right? Is they're they're talking about a new statistic called watch hours, right? Where they, mm -hmm. where where people have spent 325 million hours watching Don't Look Up on Netflix. That seems I mean I I know that that's a lot, but that number sounds astonishingly low. Right, but it, it Red Notice got uh uh uh, 364 million in its first 28 days. And this has not quite hit the 28 day mark yet. No, we got 10 days to go. Yeah. So. Well, and I just hit it, right? Like, that's the thing. About, oh, whew. that's the thing about Netflix is like, you watch it when you watch it. Yeah. It's still. It's the number one movie on Netflix right now. I, and, and I think as long as Omicron is surging and we are going back to, uh, I mean, think about like colleges are closing. Yeah. Schools are closing. Like there is a real effect that, that has on streaming services yeah. because if you have the option to watch Netflix at school, I would think some percentage of kids are going to take yeah. it. But like, so the blockbuster movie is obviously not going to go away. We've just seen that with Spider-Man No Way Home where people are like risking it to, to see the spider biscuit, right? Like, uh, so I think there's a conversation. So like what people are saying about the box office is 
Spider-Man No Way Home and its contemporaries in regards to major Marvel, honestly, maybe uh, Secrets of Dumbledore, like major long-lasting franchise, is that like people will risk it to go see that because they identify with and understand these characters. But you have no option for an original story right now. No, not, definitely not the box because, office. And because also, what if it fucking sucks? And also, Spider-Man No Way Home was, I think, the fifth fastest movie ever to a billion dollars. Yeah, be- was because like well, which is what, crazy. If you haven't that, been to the movies in two years, right? And this is the one you want to see. You're gonna go. But that was th- there was very much talk of like a billion dollar movie might not exist anymore, right? And Spider Man No Way Home was like four days, whatever, done. Yeah, call it good. Break the rest of the records. Um, but that's not what we were here to talk about. Tyler zeroed out of one hundred. Don't look up. I'm so freaking torn. I figured you were gonna be. So on one hand, I don't like it. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I think the storylines are bad. It's like scary movie meets Kingsman, right? It's bad. Um, the characters lack depth. The It's disjointed. It's weird. But on another hand, I really do like that Kingsman movie, uh, which is what this made me think of more than anything else. Okay, um, interesting. I, I think, can definitely see where you're going with that. I think the, the message of this movie, well... As I was watching it, I was like, this caps at a 70. It's simply not better. Okay. Uh, whatever score I give is out of 70 out of 100. And okay. And I think by the end of it, I was sitting at about a 55. Okay. Do you think this is a 100%? I do not think it's a 100%. I think this is uh because like, we've ruined the 100%er this year, right? Like. I know. We, we got a little. Got a little gung ho with the hundred percent. Little schnootsy with it, yeah. Little, yeah, where where and I'm fine with that, honestly. I'm fine with the hundred percent of being the 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 ace in the hole. I unabashedly love this movie. This is an honest, hardworking ninety-five for me. Really? I loved this movie. This is one of the funniest movies I've seen in a long time. Oh, I didn't laugh a single time. I don't think. I st- I couldn't stop laughing. This is this is the closest thing we've gotten to 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 like a Mel Brooks quality satire in decades i don't see i think like, the this satire is, this was, is and listen i understand like part of the satire is how on the nose it is because it's like you stupid maga people right yeah like i have to make it this freaking obvious uh but it comes for everybody right like it's not just maga people it comes for everybody it comes for tech people yeah all I of think us the, at, at the end of the day i think the message of the movie regardless of the whole like blatant allegory about covid uh you know being the meteor that's gonna end sure. wipe out our species sure the the message of the movie has more to do with the com- one of the last conversations he has on the tyler perry show where he's like i mean he, he flat out says the message of the movie he's like we can't talk to each other anymore yeah every time somebody has something important to say they have to shout it and they look crazy right it has and to be it has to be softened and and niceified and it has to be softened and niceified and that's a hard comp like that's something that like you and i and our friendship have been working on in the past yeah honestly we've been friends for it's, we're i'm 29 now we've yeah. been friends for 17 years yeah since we were i 12. don't think yeah. we had a firm grasp on this until i was 27 yeah at least and i still think we're working on it definitely um this is this is um is a tough conversation to have especially regarding movies in the age of um in the age of disney owning everything and this is not like a like a i'm gonna get all on my soapbox about um you know disney the megacorp because even when disney says stuff people are like no they're not saying that it's disney like the falcon the winter soldier straight up was like we don't like the military people were like "Hmm." they didn't mean it though they were kidding jokes on 
Joke's on us, right? Disney would never say, they would never do that to us, but they did. Right. And so, yeah, like people, you can't talk to people anymore. You can't have a person-to-person a, a -person conversation anymore. Um, when if you, you have something have... important to say, it has to be, you know, it's, we've, we've gotten to the age where, and, and, and I don't think this is inherently a bad thing, but we've gotten to the age where, you know, we try to be so respectful of everybody around us that, you know, you feel like you're not allowed to have problems because it might inconvenience somebody. Right. You know? And, um, well, and I, this, listen, I, I want to get this out of the way right now. This episode could very quickly get political. Uh, it's not gonna. I, wa I want to avoid that if we can. Yeah, same. Um, because I, I don't think that this movie is asking for a political conversation. I no, know it feels no. like it is, but it's not. No, the political conversation is the the allegory is simply the vehicle here, right? Like, right. Um, what it, what the movie is about is our capacity to speak with one another. Yeah, we we like what the movie is saying is like we receive signals and then let that inform how we communicate interpersonally. Yeah, and not signals from somebody else, but signals from you know what would Rachel Maddow or Tucker Carlson say about the conversation I'm having right now? Sure, you know, and that's kind of what they're getting at here. And I think I think that's an interesting commentary. I think that's you know something to talk about. The I, on the flip side, as a film fan, and this is kind of shifting gears a little bit, so we can certainly get back to this point if you'd like to. Um, no, actually, this was the first point I wanted to make was the the as a film fan point. Uh, as a film fan, I hate the characters that they made these amazing actors play. Really? Like, I don't like that campy president thing Meryl Streep was doing. I understand she killed it, right? Like, she did it as good as you can. Um, I think, honestly, gun to my head, you want to talk about best performance in the movie? I think goes to, like, Tyler Perry. Yeah, Tyler Perry up there, but Tyler Perry is a very stranger than fiction type character in this movie. Where like he, it only works if you know he's Tyler Perry. I didn't realize it was Tyler Perry. To really? Because I didn't know who Tyler like I know who Tyler Perry is obviously, but you know he's got the muumu on. He doesn't look like. Sure. I thought it was just some football player. Truthfully. Fair. Okay. I they were going for. Then maybe uh, it does work. I, my assumption would be that it doesn't work if you didn't know that was Tyler Perry. And you weren't automatically going to not trust the words that come out of his mouth. Well, I knew not to trust the word that comes out of his mouth. I mean, that was. Sure. Goes without saying. Sure. Uh, who else was in this? I, so, a lot of people. They, so uh, if, as a film fan, let's go. Let's go on the artsy side of things. Um, my my senior thesis in college was comparing Koyaanisqatsi and Kingsman. Okay, and talking about how we judge art films different than the way that we judge entertainment. This films. this surprisingly shares a lot of a lot of mechanics with both of those movies. That's exactly what I wanted to get into. Is I wanted to ask you what did you think of the little Koyaanisqatsi style montages that would break in as sort of a segue throughout the film? I so we we got a couple comments um, both in in Facebook and Discord about the. The structure of the composition, the editing of this movie. And I think that that the, the team that actually put this movie together once it was shot uh, get a 10 out of 10 for me. This is this is a direct knee jerk reaction to movies like 1917, right? Where they're like, oh, we're going to make it look like a one shot and we're going to win an Oscar because like that's, you know, degree of difficulty so high. It's going to be an art film. But like nothing happens in 1917. It's a boring movie about boring people that just there's a bunch of explosions and stuff. Right. This movie was like, how many cuts can we put in this? How many? How many? What can we, well, you know, what can we do? Best. Can we do? Can we do 46 cuts a minute? Is that doable? Like, and I, I truly feel like they they nailed the. As far as visual storytelling goes, they nailed the anxiety, they nailed the paranoia, they nailed that that Harry Potter and the Prisoner Azkaban feeling where nobody is listening to you, right? I truly think they nailed it. And 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 
the the segues, the interludes they did with the with the bees and the fish and the dolphins and everything just getting progressively quicker and quicker throughout the movie, showing this not just what is at stake for human life, but what is at stake for the planet. These little bits of not super on the nose reminders of these decisions we make don't just affect us. Yeah, it is. It is a, a in my mind is a masterpiece of visual storytelling. You think it's a masterpiece? I think this is a. I think the, actually that is the the top sell for this movie for me. Is the is, editing is strictly mechanical. Yeah, and I know and and, it, and like the, you know there's always gonna be an argument of like well that stuff doesn't matter you know it's a, the story's king and whatever like it is absolutely it absolutely matters. Yeah, I think that like. Uh, with this script or with this concept, you, you give it to five directors, you get five vastly different You movies. get five vastly different movies. And we saw this movie before, right? We 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 saw this. Uh, it was that Steve Carell, Natalie Portman vehicle, uh, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World from like like 10 years ago. Yeah, and Melancholia with Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, like you've we've seen this movie before and this is a completely different take on it. Um, you know, this, yeah, this is, this is a movie. Although this, I, I, I don't know if you've seen Melancholia. This does line up pretty well with what that one was saying. Sure. <laughs> if a planet was crashing into Earth, nobody would care. <laughs> like that was, uh, that was the argument. In that have one. you seen Seeking a Friend for the End of the World? No, I haven't. It is, uh. A movie I think about all the time that yeah, I have had absolutely no desire. I mean, it's fine, right? It's Steve Carell in a serious role. You know, I like Steve Carell in a serious role. Yeah, but it 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 is um it is. I don't think it is the best example of that. It's not Dan in real life, right, or whatever that movie right. is. Um, no, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Steve Carell and uh, Dane Cook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is like it is premise based execution in a way that you'll never be able to stop thinking about it. Because it ends virtually the exact same way. That the planet explodes? Yeah, uh, while, while they hold hands. Um, so we do have a character actor here. I, I don't know what a character actor is, actually. Can you define that phrase for me? So a character actor is your your he he's not a leading man right he's not uh they say this all the time about giamatti right where like it doesn't matter that it's paul giamatti it matters about the the performance right he's your you're not so typical leading man he's not the most handsome guy in the world he's but he's selling you on what the character is so mark rylance in this film yes and in general mark rylance in every movie he's in yes yeah so I loved the character they did here where they were like, hey, you remember that Halliday thing you did? Do that shit again. Can, can you ruin that, please? Yeah. <laughs> can you make James Halliday the worst? The worst. But do the voice. Elon the Bezos. Yeah. <laughs> He's the third richest man in history. Yeah. Uh, I did like his little little character thing. Yeah, anytime he's uh, on screen in any movie, it is it is a joy. Yeah. And that's that's what that's really what a character actor is. It's that anytime you say that about a guy, that's what they mean. Or a gal. What did you think? Uh I didn't think I oh, Jonah Hill's character couldn't stand him. Ron Perlman, give me that every day of the week. Give me that every day of the week. Uh, God, incredible. Firing the gun at the comet, yelling, You'll never take me alive. So good. Ariana Grande, take her out. I don't need it. Nah, I love that. I love that. Ariana Grande and Kid Cudi singing that stupid song. So I do want to, uh, let's talk about, let me, let me pull something up. Let's, right. Before we get off actors, let's talk about your leads here. All right. Because this is a lot like, and, and I'm a simple man, right? I am a simple man when it comes to movies. 
If you let Leonardo DiCaprio yell at the camera, I'm happy. On some level, that does it for me, right? Like anytime I get to see that man just really put his whole Leonussi into it, that's a good movie. And we got a lot of Leonardo DiCaprio yelling at the camera in this movie. We did. So yeah, Leo was great. Um, Jennifer Lawrence, Dibiaski. What a great name. What a great, what a great name. name. Yeah. Uh, I mean, J-Law hasn't really ever been bad at anything. Correct. Um, uh, no exception here. No exception Although, here. Uh, Timothy Shablagu shows up there towards the end. Uh, not a very developed character, but I thought he did the like secret evangelical thing pretty well. Right. Yeah. Um, who else is in this? Uh, Teddy. Who plays Teddy? Teddy I do not know. He I might have been my favorite character in the whole thing, though. Really? I didn't think he was on screen nearly enough. I was like, man, I Rob Morgan. Don't know who that is. Yeah, me either. Um, yeah, I wanted more of that. Kate Blanchett as Brie Eventy as... As, are you trying to tell me Katie Couric slept with Dr. Fauci? No, no, they're not. Mm, I think that's what this movie's trying I don't to tell think, me. I don't think you're, I think you can't look at it that one-to-one, right? Hoda Kotb is sleeping with Dr. Anthony Fauci. That's what I'm reading into this. I would believe it more from Hoda than Katie Couric. Who's, well, Katie Couric, she's like a real journalist now. Yeah. Who's, who does Hoda do the morning show with? The blonde woman on, on today right now. Jenny something jenny mccarthy Who's on today no not jenny mccarthy no it's not kathy lee gifford anymore give me the cast give me the cast this woman next to al and hoda savannah guthrie is i think who blake kate blanchett was going for right there who's savannah guthrie she's the blonde woman on the today show i thought that was jenna bush i don't know whatever uh, no i'm thinking of savannah guthrie okay i don't for know for sure is. but anyway yeah i like because he's he's not dr anthony fauci right like they're very different characters uh, I mean, I think that's who he's obviously like, that's the one to one there. Yeah. But like, that doesn't work for the narrative of the movie, right? It, it, you can't look at it that granular, that granularly. Yeah. I think Fauci is like, she, so she much stands for, dude. yeah, she doesn't stand for, 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 uh, Savannah Guthrie. She stands no, for Matt Lauer. <laughs> no, she's not Matt Lauer. She's sleeping with the guests. Right. But she is, she is like, she is the today show, right? Like, yeah. She speaks for puff piece journalism entirely. Yeah. You know, she's not Tucker Carlson. She's also not Lester Holt. Yeah. Um, or Maddow or, or. Well, Rachel yeah. Maddow is the Tucker Carlson in this. Lester Holt she, is like the CBS evening news. I'm Lester Holt. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. saying she's not. She is not inflammatory journalism. She is also not just like jerk. She's not Angela Cooper. Right. Sidebar. Did you know Regis Philbin died? What? Yes, I did know that. Yes, I did know that. Man. Yeah, so now it's live with Kelly and Ryan. Seacrest? Uh, yeah, Kelly Ripon and Ryan Seacrest. They were going for- so I mean, that was, was always going to be, be it, right? Like, oh yeah, my Ryan man was, was just standing there waiting over. for- They're like, he was like, Michael Strahan? But that's Which who Which I Tyler enjoyed Perry was. live with Kelly and Michael. I really did. I thought, I thought Tyler Perry was just some fill-in for Michael Strahan, truthfully. Yeah, I mean he's the he's the other host, right? He's the like it's not always Al the man, Roper. it's not always the woman. He yeah, he's the he's right. the just the guy, right? Right. Where he's like, guys, can we just uh can we just get back to it, please? Please to the Can we to the can we uh, uh, next we go to Bobby Flay at his house in New York and he's gonna teach us how to make brioche buns help. Please get me away from this. Please get me away from this, yeah. Um because it's like she obviously, I mean obviously it is a, it sh uh, the president is a supreme dig at, at the the uh, Republican Party. Yeah, right. But like, although she's, I think there's a little bit of a dig at, at the current administration. Oh, sure, definitely. Well. But that's what I was about to yeah. say. Is like she is not just Donald Trump. Correct. 
Right. Uh, like, I mean, that's like, you know, they've got the hats, the symbolism. It's all there. Right. But she's representing much more than that. Yeah. Because, like, Donald Trump wouldn't even take the meeting. I mean, he did, right? Like, he he got the disease. He was so conflicted, dude. You know, if you go back, if you could, like, watch seasons of this stuff. Oh, yeah. And went back and watched it. You'd be like, he's on board with this thing. Although, like, yeah. I understand. I remember he was also not on board with this thing. But I think, like, I think, honestly, if you see to his eyes, I because th- even now he's like, get the freaking vaccine. What the heck is the matter with these people? But at the same time, this is a, th- yeah, th- that's that was going to be my next point is this is a cautionary tale, right? Yeah. Because, like, if if they wouldn't turn, NASA wouldn't turn the spaceship around. I think they're saying they would. I think they're saying if. No, I think I mean, they're I've, saying I've I think they're physically turn the spaceship around. But I think they're saying that if Elon Musk didn't want NASA to launch a, a shuttle, then they would listen to Elon Musk. I, he and this is that's the thing is I think that's what they're like. I think that's what they're warning us of. Yes, and I. But think at the same right time, now, at the same time, when they when they made this think, movie, the CDC was probably still sort of competent. Yeah, I know, right? Because like NASA's the CDC gonna, here. I know, but we're not going to get into it. I do think. I mean, I think we could get into that. Yeah, I mean, because that's like that's work. a public health administration, right? Like that's not. The CDC is is supposed to be nonpartisan. Yeah. And they are very much just like, yeah, no, you should isolate for five days unless it hurts your boss. Yeah. CDC says get a rapid test, but if you can't get a rapid test, don't worry about it. Also, rapid tests don't work. Also, the vaccine doesn't work. Or does it? Maybe it does. We don't know. Don't use a mask. Use a mask. Not that kind of mask. Can you afford the right mask? You should and get the vaccine. They're just backpedaling constantly, right? And, and and honestly, I think that is sort of working serendipitously for this movie. It's like I'm watching this on the 11th of January. And this is, it is a different world out there from when this movie came out on Christmas Eve. Yeah, it is. Right? Like. <laughs> well, and that's what this movie kind of ties into is like people's, like public opinion on this whole situation shifts. So constantly. fast. Because you get so that. fast. You get that scene where, you know, they all look up, right? Where all the, all the MAGA hats look up and they're like, they're fucking lying to us. Yeah, I didn't. There really understand. is a comet. So even earlier in the movie, though, so you had a book you put out called There Will Be a Time that yeah. had an impact on me in a way that I didn't expect it to. Yeah. Even two years down the line where like when it first came out, sort of the mentality, it was for those of you who don't have a copy, it's amazing. I don't know if there's still some available, but it's a very good. There are a few. And if there's interest, I will, uh, I will gladly put them back up for sale. Uh, well, I mean, like but basically it, run. it is early pandemic, like, April yeah. 2020. Yeah. And it is a very, you can see people in the pictures and it is celebrating healthcare. It is, I mean, everyone was on the same page yeah. at this point. You know, I remember early pandemic conversations about like this united people in a way that we haven't seen since 9 11. You know, through tragedy, we will find yep. unity. And of course, that was wrong. Yeah. Uh, but, and you know, here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. When I took all those pictures, because I did that over the course of like four days, right? Yeah. Put the whole thing together, mailed them out. By the time I finally got copies back to sell, I thought I had missed the boat, right? Oh, like the pandemic was over? Yeah, because it felt like, you know, it was the beginning of May 2020. Right. And we're all like, oh, well, this thing will be over in minutes, right? Yeah. You know, cases are going down. It's warm out. Everybody, you know, hang out outside your local brewery. Everybody's fine. No, you. It is January 2022 and we're still doing it. Granted, we do hang out. I mean, I, I'll i admit, we've been to the brew pub. Sure. Yeah. But also, like, things have never been as bad as they were or Correct. as they are today, right? Ever. Right. Uh, You know, at the moment of recording this, just for posterity's sake, I think we have, like, 100 million positive cases in the U.S. right now. Yeah, that's a lot. It's like almost that's a third like, of the whole country. Yeah. If everybody with, uh, yeah, everybody with COVID basically watched this movie is what that stacks up with to the, uh, yeah. to the watch hours. 
And I'll be, uh, to be fair to Netflix here, don't get your bee in a bonnet with these watch hour statistics because this movie is a full half an hour too long. It is so freaking long. Like, I, I swear to God, I texted to you. Uh, you. You were like, yeah, I just finished it. And I looked at my thing, my phone, and it was like, you have, you know, 30 odd minutes left. And I was like, well, 15 of that's going to be credits. And then I looked at my phone like 10 minutes later and it was like, you have 30 minutes left. And I was like, mm, no, I had 30 minutes left 10 minutes ago. I know. It just kept going and going and going. That being said, I was not bored. I didn't feel like there's a pacing problem. It was just very long. Yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. I, I wasn't like, what is this? You know, because I think in order to capture sort of the pandemic story, you have to go through all the different phases. You sure. have to acknowledge that moment of unity. Sure. And then, because that's a lot, of, like, I think it's our freaking short-term memory when it comes to the news. Have you ever tried to look up... You remember my New Year's resolution? We remember things like this. Small picture, yeah. No, my other New Year's resolution. Uh, don't be surprised no by Virginia be, weather. No longer be surprised by Virginia weather. And it has come up like four times already where I had to wake up and be like, I'm not surprised. Well, that it was yeah, to be fair, yesterday. you you said that. You <laughs> Betty Whited yourself into that one, right? <laughs> I did. You said that. You were like, I'm not going to be surprised by Virginia weather. Virginia was like... Listen here, Tyler Carlin. How would you like it if it was 75 degrees and then that night it was 17? And not only does it snow, but it sticks to the road. Somehow, even though it, during that snowstorm, never got below freezing. Yeah, I don't. I'm not surprised though. And then, and then we're going to be like, we're going to be like, oh, it's going to snow and snow and snow and snow and snow. And Roanoke's going to salt all of the roads to the point where they look like it snowed, but it's not actually going to snow. Normally, I wouldn't care about such a trivial thing as rock salt, right? However, I have an 11 week old puppy. You know who fucking Mm -hmm. loves rock salt? Pickles. Does he? Oh, yeah. He's like, I'm going to eat that. And I'm like, that's bad for you. That's not just salt, buddy. That's ice melt. And also, if you eat that much salt, you will die. God, that's a cute dog, though. It is a cute dog, but he does um, he does love to eat things that are going to kill him. It's because I got him from North Carolina, right? Like he comes from outside Winston Salem, North Carolina, the town named after two different cigarette brands. (laughs) And so he definitely loves to eat cigarettes. I think it should be called American Spirit, North Carolina. I believe American Spirit is Virginian. Uh, I I don't care if we're gonna name stuff after cigarettes. It's toasted. That was not American Spirit. That was uh, Lucky. Oh, that's what I meant. Was Lucky? Yeah, yeah. American Spirit is not from Virginia. I think they're from somewhere else. All I'm saying is, if it's gonna be cigarettes, it should be cool cigarettes. You know, cool is a brand of cigarettes, right? No, I didn't know that. I don't know yeah. anything about cigarettes. K O O L. I've I've never knowingly smoked a cigarette. I do know there was a party one time where I was very inebriated, where I'm told I smoked a cigarette with our graphic designer. Nice. I can't be certain that that happened, though. Yeah. It's good that you don't work for Foot Levers anymore. I know. Yeah, that would be bad. That would have been, Granted, that, would... that party happened when we were in college. I mean, so. that's true. So what, what what didn't do it for you about this movie? Let's let's talk about the movie as a movie, right? Like, you gave it a 55 out of 70. Talk to me about your difficulty, your degree of difficulty score there first. Um, it's it's just not. I don't think the characters have enough depth for me to really care. I think some of the story elements are really rushed. Like, uh, there's this whole narrative of Leo's character, like all of a sudden cheating on his wife with Kate Blanchett. Um, which if that happens in real life, she's a little old for him. I don't say that because I think Kate Blanchett's old. That's a dig at Leo dating very young women. Yeah. Um. 
Not Jake Gyllenhaal young, but close. Yeah. Uh, so, like, that whole thing felt a little rushed and a little bit weird. I didn't feel like they did. Like, Leo straight up killed it. There's no doubt about that. But he definitely wasn't the guy for the job, and that kind of threw me the whole time. How do you mean? I don't I mean, I feel like they were like, we can get Leo in this movie. And Leo was like, yeah, I could do it. And then they were like, cool, you're playing like a geeky college professor who has who has anxiety issues. And he was like, I mean, I guess for that Netflix dollar. Sure. I mean, he did make 30 million dollars. This wasn't once upon a time in Hollywood, Leo, where he's really flexing his acting muscles. This wasn't Wolf of Wall Street, Leo or Titanic, Leo. This was playing a care like playing like a like a two dimensional character like the man is good at science and he's good at having anxiety and you don't think he was right for the job i don't think he was the right guy for the job recast i think him. he did what recast him recast him yeah who do you got who would who would i put and let, let me make, let me make it very clear i am not going to try to sell you on this movie I, I don't think you're wrong in any particular way um i don't really think anybody's wrong about this movie right like it is clearly designed to be inflammatory it is clearly designed to rub people the right way and rub people the wrong way, right? Like, they want you to talk about this movie. Yeah, they want you saying stuff. They want you saying something about this movie. As long yeah. as you have a take, it is a good take, right? Because, and this is the difference between, right? Because, like, when when a movie like uh, like Eternals gets a bad Rotten Tomato score, it sort of piddles out at the box office, right? Because that's money. And, and not only is that money, that's risk. Yeah. But there's there's no risk to watching a Netflix movie. They yeah. even they even have that damn song, and Leo recites every lyric to the song where he's like, pray that the only thing we lost is time. And I was like, Netflix is really being on the nose about this movie. Like, like from a meta level of like, we got you. We got you people. We made you watch this. We made you watch this. So anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I just want to make it clear. Like, I'm, I don't think you're wrong. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to try to change your mind. Like, I just want to hear what it is that did or didn't do it for you. And when I say recast him, I'm legitimately just curious about who you would uh, pick for that that part. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking... Um, cause it's gotta be a pull, right? Like it has to be. So I think, uh, Matt Damon could have done well with it. Uh, okay. Matt Damon was in the Martian though. Okay. So I like, I don't think you could get Matt Damon. I don't think you could get McConaughey here. He's too, too close to their other major sci-fi roles. Too close to, to interstellar specifically. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. I had a couple names in mind and then I looked at this list of actors who were in it and I forgot every name. That's fair. Um, Let's see. I don't think Damon would be a bad choice by any means. That's not who I originally thought of, if that makes you feel better. That's fair. I think he's probably your best pick out of the uh, the Ocean's Eleven cast. Yeah. Maybe Casey Affleck. So I'm looking at every best actor winner, and Casey Affleck also comes up. Um, some of them obviously could not do it. Like, Rami Malek couldn't do it. No. Uh, <laughs> like... Uh, let's see. I think there is a low-hanging fruit to call Tom Hanks into this role, and I'm glad they did. Oh, yeah, that would have ruined this movie. Yeah. I think, here's here's my totally off-the-wall suggestion. Uh-huh. Bruce Willis. In a serious role? Yeah. I don't know, man. Oh, Jason Statham. Let's just do it, do no, it up. No, not Jason Statham. Um, oh, you know who would actually kill it? And I'm glad they didn't because it would have. There's there's two actors that Adam McKay works with regularly that I think could have done this role really well uh, and could have been excellent, more dramatic roles for them uh, that he works with often. And that would be Will Ferrell and John uh, C. Riley. Not Riley, but Will Ferrell and um, uh, Wahlberg. 
Ooh, man, this could have been a real turning point for for Wahlberg. Well, he just did one like that, not like this, uh, but he just did one that was supposed to be. I don't know how it ended up, so I could be wrong. There hasn't. But it was it was about a dad with it was like a like a Republican dad with a gay son. Did he? There hasn't been a Wahlberg movie that I've wanted to see in a while. I end up watching a lot of these McKay movies. Like I've seen Daddy's Home like five times. Yeah. Um, who's in the Big Short? That's got a bunch of big names that I think could do this. Uh, Christian Bale obviously could do this. Steve Carell oh, yeah. could have killed at this. Well, Steve Carell uh, was literally in Seeking Friend for the Underworld. Yeah. It's the uh, same movie. I mean, it's it's like Seeking Friend for the Underworld is literally like the perspective of one of the random people in this movie. Like one of the believers. Right. Uh, um, Hugh Jackman, I think, probably could have done it. I'm glad they didn't do Ryan Gosling. That would have... Not Ryan Gosling. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. I'm also glad they didn't do Ryan Russian. Gosling. Yeah, so am I. I, I was looking the at... The Chris Evans picture. cameo got me. That was great. Got me good. As, as Devin Peters. As freaking Chris Evans as Captain America. Right? Yeah. As as first name, first name with an S. Yeah. <laughs> Devin Peters. Because uh, it took me a second. When he first started talking, I was like, is that... And then I saw the poster behind him. I was like, that's Chris Evans. I'm glad that Chris Evans has found peace in the post-Captain America life, where he is just willing to do literally any cameo role in any movie. Ever. Because he was in Free Guy as Chris Evans' former Captain America actor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, Paul Rudd. Would have been a good role for Rudd. Think about that. Think about Paul Rudd sitting there at the at the desk with Kelly and Michael. I would love to see Paul Rudd break on camera like that. Oh, yeah. That being said, I, I do think Leo is a really good choice for this. And I think you're going to see a lot more roles going forward out of Leo as he reaches that point in his life. I think where he is no longer like young, beautiful, you know, card from from marble michelangelo dicaprio needs needs an oscar right DiCaprio. and now he's just like i can, i did the revenue i can now do whatever i want forever right he Netflix doesn't need money he doesn't me. need recognition he is just doing whatever he wants he is he is the sort of loose cannon like willem dafoe is at this point yeah but i don't think marvel's gonna get leo anytime soon i wasn't thinking dafoe is the green goblin i was thinking dafoe in the lighthouse like Right. I think you're going to see just, you're going to see a, a four million dollar movie with Leonardo DiCaprio in it in the next couple of years called Avatar 2. No, I said four million, not four hundred million. <laughs> four hundred million. I've uh, as a sidebar. Have you heard anything about Avatar 2? I've seen some some set photos that I think look promising. There's so much pressure on these movies to be the greatest movies ever made because uh, it wasn't it's it's not like the it's not like the Avengers <coughs> 2, right, where they left it on a cliffhanger, and then 14 years later, they were like, oh, by the way, we made a second one. They were like, we're not going to make another one for 15 years. Jake Sully. Jake Sully is going to sit down for 14 years. Sigourney Weaver will have aged 14 years by the time you next see her as this character. Um, James Cameron fully calling his shot there. Sometimes I regret not being born in like the late 70s so that I could be a teenager that had Sigourney Weaver and Ghostbusters on his wall. There's Ghostbusters, just the first one, right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I think DiCaprio crushed it. I think J-Law crushed it. Um, it was a hell of cast for sure. I don't think uh, selling me on Jennifer Lawrence being a I guess PhD students can be like in their late twenties. Uh, PhD old. students can be whatever age they want. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't like Jonah Hill's character. I thought he did fine, right? He did. He did the Jonah Hill thing. I don't think you're supposed to like Jonah Hill's character. No, I know, but I don't like the way that I disliked him. You know what I mean? Like, 
He almost got me to cry. What, there at the end. Right at the end, where, where where it just cuts that last shot of him going, she's coming back. She's, she's coming back. In the room by himself. Yeah. Little chief of staff. Yeah. I thought uh, I thought they were going to go dark with Halliday when he was like, oh, I've got to go to the restroom now. Yeah, I thought he was going to go in there and kill himself. Yeah, I was like, I oh, for sure that's... thought he was going to go in there and kill himself. Yeah. And then they were like, nope, we're going to, uh... although that was a pretty funny callback joke at the end. Well, that she gets eaten by where like, the bird eats her, and he's like, "Oh, I think that's called a brontorock." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> where he's like, "Your death is you're going to be eaten by a brontorock." We don't know what it means. Uh, I thought they were going to make a joke there at the end that like nobody that they saved, none of the women they saved, were young enough to have children. I mean, I'm sure that that is the case. But I, th- I mean, I think that that would have been a nice commentary on like there's a common thread discussion. amongst that sort of. Uh, Voter like uh, what was I saw something the other day that was like only one president went to integrated high schools. Yeah. And it was Barack Obama. Yeah. Like, oh, man. That's, that's not good. <laughs> we got to fix that. Yeah. I mean, I definitely do think that the um, like the because because when when the conversation comes up, when people are like, oh, the presidency and the senator way too full of old white dudes. Right. Like, yeah, they are. And I don't think the biggest issue is that they're white. Or dudes, I think the biggest issue is that they're all old. Yeah. Like, even Nancy Pelosi is old. 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 Just does not have the future in mind. I just saw a clip of C-SPAN the other day where she was talking, and I was like, that's your voice? It felt the same way about Gary Oldman in the Harry Potter special. Yeah? They painted me as a villain. (laughs) That's not what you sound like, Gary Oldman. (laughs) That's what Nancy Pelosi sounds like. She says the same stuff. Gary Oldman could have played this role. Gary Oldman could have played Nancy Pelosi. No, you're thinking of Christian Bale. No, I think... Christian Bale can play anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't Gary Oldman do Truman, though? Not Truman. Uh, Who did he do? uh, Churchill. Churchill. Yes. Truman was president, right? That lines up. Truman was president, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. But that would be a weird movie. What? <laughs> Honestly, I'm surprised they haven't made that movie yet. Truman? Yeah. Uh, they, I mean, obviously they made the Truman Show. Uh, yeah, but like, like Harry S. Truman, not Truman. Yeah, yeah, whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, so there's a 1995 movie called Truman, which is a drama biography. Um, of Harry Truman. Tomato, uh, with Gary Sinise. Gary. Gary. Yeah. Gary. Sinise. Gary Sinise is, is Lieutenant Truman. Dan. Oh, he's he's Harry Truman as well. No, I'm just and, telling you who Gary Sinise is. Okay, and and Diana Scarwood as Bess Truman, and uh, I don't recognize either. Well, I know Gary Sinise, but I don't recognize anybody else in this. I'm sure that at the end of the day, Harry Truman was just not a very interesting guy, and just happens and to he, be the guy, the only guy to nuke anybody ever twice. Twice. Although to be fair, like, and and, and that's the thing is like you you really. <sighs> Because this movie is not just a slam, and that's I think what makes it so good, right? This movie is not just a slam at MAGA voters, right? It is like it is a slam at everybody from different levels. You can look at it from the COVID level, but also like if a guy went on, you know, the Today Show tomorrow and was like, "There's a comet that's going to blow up the world," everybody be afraid. You wouldn't listen. No, and that's I think the commentary above all else is like there isn't a real vessel in which I can express this information to the world. Yeah. There is no unbiased, valuable emergency service. No, no, there's not. We rely way too much on, you know, on individuals, right? We rely too much on individuals for that stuff. Like people like presidents and figureheads and heads of state of like, if you want the president to make an address, you have to talk to the president. Right. And And the president can just be like, the president can literally just be like, "Mm, no, thank you. I'm, I'm busy. I'm Joe Biden and I'm busy on vacation or I'm Donald Trump and I'm golfing. Or yeah. I'm Barack Obama, and I will probably hear you out. 
I'm also golfing. But I am also playing basketball and golfing. Yeah. I'm complaining about Barack Obama pl- golfing while I'm golfing. Right now? You golfing right now? No, like that was Donald Trump's whole thing. Oh. So he would like complain about the amount of days Barack Obama spent golfing from the golf course. Oh. Uh, I'm George Bush and I'm at war with Afghanistan. I don't have time for comments. <laughs> yeah. I'm I Bill mean, Clinton. I'm at war with my wife. I don't have time for comments. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> my, my wife. My name is Borat. <laughs> In Borat Kazakhstan, we do not have Comet. <laughs> this is my neighbor, Yushan Tuliakbay. He is painting my assholes. <laughs> I get clock radio, he cannot afford. Great success. You know, sometimes I think about where I live, and I remember that when Borat came to town, they almost killed him. It was bad, dude. Have you seen the video? Yeah, yeah. Start singing like the Kazakhstan national anthem to the tune of the United States national anthem. Yeah. And real life human beings in, at a Salem, Virginia rodeo got Not so mad at Sasha Baron Cohen. I saw it for the first time like a week ago. Really? Yeah, I'd never seen it before. We were talking about it at work, and so W. Hold on, just as I, I just want to tell you something that I thought was crazy. Uh, not that I'm making fun of this person by any means. Like some people see things and some people don't, right? But we had to show Jordan Balky Marcel the Shell with shoes on today. No, way. like she'd never seen it before. No way. Yeah. His name's Alan. <laughs> I'm like, compared to what? If I had a pen name, it'd be Sheldon Cock. <laughs> I think about Marcel the Shelf with shoes on all the time. Because, Every day. Well, I, I think about it more since I got pickles. Because a very yeah. common a very common comment about pickles is like, oh my god, his head's so big for his body. And my brain is like, compared to what? <laughs> Every time. Like, this happens daily. It's so funny, because pretty soon Pickles' body is going to be too long for his head. No, he's a corgi. He'll be pretty proportional. He'll be long. Corgis are like... Yeah, he'll be long, but he'll also have a big head. He's not going to be Stella. Stella's normal. Everybody She's not. She has a really small head. No, she's normal. She, no, she's, she's a normal. A, she dog. is a beautiful bean, but she has a very small head and and she's, and very small ears on her very small head. She's got normal ears on her normal head because she's perfect. She's the best. I'm not dog. saying she's not perfect. I'm not saying she's not there. What do you what? What do you got there? This is a crowler from Big Lick Brewing Company. Ooh, of Dirges in the Dark Black IPA. Ooh, look at you with the with the fancy schmancy. Well, my option was to either a carry three beers in here or b carry one comically large beer. <laughs> uh, so I went with the- comically large beer. I I've been considering a move, Ethan. I've been making drip coffee. Okay. okay. And I know you think I'm going to say, I think I'm going to move to Chemex. I think I'm going to get a grinder. And no, get I think you're going to say I'm going to move back to instant coffee. I do love instant coffee, but I think I'm going to go a step further and I'm going to buy pre-packaged lattes. Like La Colombe? I don't know. Like all I know is you can go into Target and buy like a, like a liter bottle of Starbucks cold brew. Yeah. I might just start doing that. That's all wrong that with that. That seems... That's just cold brew. Okay. But That's probably also, the best way to buy prepackaged coffee. But you can also buy like four packs. I don't want cans. Cans. Coffee and cans always stresses me out. Feels wrong. Now, I'm a big La Colombe guy. What is La Colombe? They're the, just the cans. They're like the, the, I don't know, they're canned coffee. They're like Pete's, but better. 
Oh yeah, okay. So this is what I was looking at was La Colombe. Yeah, I love that stuff, man. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, I was gonna. Uh, you can get like four packs of vanilla draft latte. Yeah, they're good. Because here's what happens with the freaking drip is like every day I'm like, you know what? I should make a full craft because I bet I drink it all day and it'll be so convenient. I'll have coffee whenever I want it. And the result is I drink like a cup and a half and then go to work and drink their coffee. This is a sidebar. I used to work at a company that made you pay for coffee and I was so in it. I like did. That's so wild to me. Even in my like, worst job, I never had to pay for coffee. Yeah. Granted, no, when I worked I, for Colin Owens, I was drinking like like knockoff Dunkin' Donuts K cups. Oh God. Uh when I worked for Yeah, that's bad. When I worked for Chris Millahan, our secretary did not have brew coffee. It was bad. I used to drink when I worked at the second State Farm office, my coworker Jamie would always make the coffee and he would make like extra strong Cafe Bustello drip coffee. Knock you right on your. And I would right drink your, it with uh, exactly one equal. Yeah. Like not so even a sweet and low. And I look back at myself and I'm like, how did I do that? Like, how do I not have an ulcer? This whole stomach ulcer thing, nobody brought this up to me as a danger until like a week ago. I got acid issues. I got I the know you do. You, I got the reflux. Tums. Yeah. Well, I don't take that many tums because I take uh, I take uh, omeprazole, mm. which is generic Prilosec OTC. Yeah. It is. I take That's that. True. Yeah. It stops my stomach acid. But like even so, I don't like to drink black coffee just because it fires it up so much. And it's wild because like you would think it, it wouldn't make up a difference. So if you, if you put like a like a sploosh of like like a like a, spl a little tiny splittly sploosh of milk in there, it changes the whole thing. Like it helps you? Yeah, it helps me. What do you put in your coffee right now? You make a cup of coffee at the office with their fancy grind and grind and drip in one. It's not grind and drip in one. No, I know. grind Because I, I make it plenty of times. Oh, do you? Yeah. So uh, it, it, usually it is either me or Riley getting there first. Okay. And uh, how do you take your coffee is my question. Uh, Jay has us buy the uh, just regular French vanilla international delight. So I take it yeah, with he a, doesn't He doesn't like coffee. That. He doesn't like coffee. Mate. I also don't like coffee. Mate. I like coffee. I'm mate. a delight guy. I prefer the Cold Stone Delight, but uh, I'll take, uh, yeah, I just drink it with French vanilla. Yeah, any sweet and low or equal or e equate? I'm not putting sweetener in my cr in my creamered coffee. Oh, I do. Why? Because then it's sweet. The, does coffee made not have sugar in it? Is that the difference? Uh, neither of them have sugar. They both have aspartame. Okay, whatever. But like, it, the, the delight is sweetened. Yeah, you just add a little, add, well, I add significantly more sweet. I've, I have never had a cup of, of International Light coffee and wanted extra sweet. I think it's like, I because I, I like black coffee, right? I can drink a cup I of can, black yeah, coffee. Yeah, I can drink your brother's coffee black, for sure. I but I drink, don't. I mean, I, I wouldn't go to Starbucks and do it, but I could drink a Starbucks oh, Pike Place on. black. I would never order a black drip coffee from Starbucks. No, it's one. It's rude. Two, it's not the point. Three, it's burnt. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, 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 if four, I, it's burnt for a reason. It's burnt for a reason. If I was old Joe Biden, Joe Biden, President Byron, if I was that guy, I would sign an executive order saying that all Starbucks in the United States were no longer allowed to make drip coffee. Just so you're aware, when that guy says Byron, you know he's not talking about Joe Biden, right? Yes, he is. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No. Byron is like a Coney Island guy. They literally say, what are you going to do when you see Joe Byron in the Oval Office? I, I Listen, all I know is it's not Joe Biden. They literally say, what are you going to do when you see Joe Byron in the Oval Office? And he says, I'm going to give him a big old kiss. So Joe Byron, here we go. Here we go. I don't care. And, and, and honestly, Tyler. I don't know if you know how TikTok works. The mm -hmm. the the original video matters about as much as hen's teeth. You bringing idioms out of nowhere right now. I've been watching Yellowstone, man. It's connecting me with my even though it's from Montana, it's connected with my deep Appalachian roots. 
Yeah, you, you've been dipping some backer? Never. Ugh. That's mm. gross. I'd rather smoke cigarettes. Yeah, same. Dip if somebody was like, oh, you have to use a natural tobacco product right now, I'd be like, I'm going to smoke spirits. Uh, so you you alluded earlier to the fact that my previous job didn't allow cigarette smoking. Yeah. Uh, my current job on my first day is I'm like going through the paperwork owner stops me and is like hey is it okay if i pack a dip right now <laughs> i was like yeah, i don't care do whatever you want and that's when i knew i'm I pretty sure a, that if i it is weird that tobacco made me feel like i was in a safe space i mean that's true i don't smoke tobacco that's true i have no but interest like, in it <laughs> but like it was definitely like an oppressively anti-tobacco culture at your last job it was just an anti it was control thing that's yeah all it, it was, was a control thing but yeah. also definitely like if I, I think if i like was in the room with your brothers and i was like yeah i'm just gonna go up on the roof and smoke a cigarette real quick they would both look at me like what the absolute fuck <laughs> no you're not <laughs> yeah i think jay would be like i don't know this guy and ben would be like listen ethan we need to have a, a talk <laughs> you have to stop smoking cigarettes <laughs> you can't do that you can't do that it's bad for you yeah, that's how that would go down. You know who doesn't smoke? Emily Malley. <laughs> or okay. Ryan. I don't know what Ryan's last name is. Real I don't either. Dude. Um so this movie this movie swings from beginning to end, right? Like they they do not stop uh they don't pull punches in this one, right? Like when when Ron Perlman is in the spaceship flying up to the stars and he's just like well, uh, cheers to this big blue all earth, the big, big blue ball that we call home. A lot of, a lot of good white people working there. A lot of good, <laughs> good, strong white people on that planet. <laughs> you didn't laugh the whole time. I laughed when he said that. Uh, I laughed a lot. I laughed a lot yeah. at this movie. Uh, no, yeah, this, I didn't think this is one of those movies where like, it, it, this happens to me a lot. Um, this is one of those movies where like, man, I wish my mom was around to see this one. She'd have gotten a real kick out of this. Hmm. Um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I, I, had, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, the ending is 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 tough. When they all get exploded. When they all get exploded, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's not as fun as when in, in Kingsman when everybody gets blown up. No, it's not nearly as fun as Kingsman. There's no Casey and the Sunshine Band. That's true. That's true. I was surprised, honestly, they didn't play like like a popular music song as the Earth was being destroyed. I mean, they did have Ariana Grande sing a pop song original to this movie. Maybe that's the Oscar they're going for. That would have been that would be hilarious song. if Lin Manuel Miranda is like, "I'm going to do everything I can to get my egot this year. All I need is the Oscar, and I'm going to direct the best musical of the year, and I'm going I'm to write the best song. I'm going to write the best songs from the best Disney musical, and I'm also going to have one of my own musicals adapted for screen by an award-winning director." And then he loses to Ariana Grande, Kid Cudi, <laughs> singing a song where Ariana Grande is like, just listen to the fucking scientists. <laughs> That'd be such an Oscars move, too, right? That'd be such like a yeah. more Hollywood, we care. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Lin-Manuel Miranda, you lost because Kid Cudi is black. Yeah. <laughs> Oscars not so white, huh? <laughs> And also, the 2022 Best Picture is, wow, in a surprise turn, it's Green Book again. Green Book We revisited again. it and thought it was just as dope as last time. Yeah, we didn't like Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, though. That one's. Hey, you remember that time that we, that uh, Guillermo del Toro made a movie about a guy that likes to, or a girl that likes to fuck a fish? That's a Best Picture quality movie right there. Have you, have we, to be fair, we haven't watched it. Did you guys see Bohemian Rhapsody? That movie sure deserves a best editing award. God, that one was rough. <laughs> the Academy Awards. Flawless in every way. Yeah, flawless in every way. 
Just a real rubber stamp. What even was the best picture this year? Uh, the last best picture, you mean? Yeah. God, I don't know. 2021 Academy Awards. Nomadland. Nomadland. Yes. Chloe Zhao. Beat the Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Promising a Woman, Sound of Metal, Trial of Chicago 7. I've seen Sound of Metal, Trial of Chicago 7, and Mank. I have seen um, all of those except for Nomadland and The Father. Father sounds like it's probably pretty good. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, Anthony Hopkins won Best Actor for that, which still yeah. pisses me off. Over over Chadwick Boseman. Win? Oh yeah, no, I mean that one was not only he would have deserved it if he didn't die. I know that was a freaking performance. That was so good. But I mean, you got Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman in a movie about a guy that has Alzheimer's, right? Like that's that's pure Oscar bait. Yeah, I will be curious to see um, where this one lands on uh, in awards season. I don't think it'll be a, a part of the Oscars at all. Really? I think it will either think it not will. be a part of it at all, or it will be nominated for Best Picture. I, I think it legitimately might. I wouldn't be surprised if it did. Uh, that's a super Oscar-y thing to do. I think you will get uh, a um, Best Actor for either DiCaprio, a nomination for either DiCaprio or J-Law. No. Just no. because they existed in a movie. I mean, yeah, they're they're like Oscar-baity actors for sure. You know, I always get mixed up. Although Netflix I'll really brought you. themselves to the conversation this year because they also in the last month did Tick Tick Boom and people like there's a big campaign for Garfield for for best actor. You know who I always mix up, Ethan? Garfield will get his Tony. I mean his his EGOT cuz he started with the Tony, right? He did the hard part first. Well, I mean that's the hard part unless you're a stage actor. If yeah, he Andrew got the Tony Rannells. for he got the Tony for drama. Like Yeah, but if you're like Andrew Rannells, it's going to be much much easier to get the Tony than it is the Oscar. Yeah, but Garfield's a film actor. Right. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Is it's yeah. Not a lot of actors get the old ego. It's a lot of like Scott Rudin types, producers. <sighs> but yeah, I I think we I don't think that that Tick Tick Boom will be the movie that gives Garfield his his best actor, but I he has got one in him. Anyway, you had a point you're going to make. Sorry. Yeah, you got me talking about the Oscars, not, and I was not excited. super important. Um, I always get Kate Blanchett and Charlize Theron mixed up. Mm, they're very different people. I know they are. They're not the same at all. But even as I was looking that up, I was like looking at Charlize Theron's name, and I was like, I can't remember the name of the other lady. It's gone. And then when I looked up Kate Blanchett, I was like, I forgot Charlize Theron's name. It's gone. Who is Charlize Theron to you? Because she's somebody I can, other than Mad Max, I can never remember what she's been in. Let me pull her up. Like, is there something that immediately jumps to mind? Um, I think so. Let me, let me pull her up on IMDb. The old Indiba. Yeah, the old... I mean, I know she's in Mad Max Fury Road, so like that comes... Even though I haven't seen it, it's still like... You haven't seen it? No. Nah. Oh, man. I don't think I realized that. I thought I saw it with you. Uh-uh. Nope, never seen it. I saw that movie in theaters three times. Producing no, while we lived together. Credits. You should watch that movie. That is a that is a hoot and holler and good time. Um, so there's Megan Kelly and Bombshell. Uh, let's see... Man, I hate Megan Kelly. I think right. She's a real shit bag, isn't she? She's Fox. Yeah, she's in the Italian job. That's no. True. I don't. I don't know where I know her from. If I'm being honest with you, she's just like a name I've always. Yeah, known. she definitely is. Like like when I saw her in Mad Max, I, I was like, this is somebody I'm supposed to know from something. Yeah, she was good in Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, didn't she like win some award for that? Oh, I have no idea. It won a bunch of awards. I know that much. Yeah. She was in Trial and Error with Jeff Bridges. I think that's, I mean, we've all seen that. I've never heard of that movie. <laughs> Not me either. Uh, won one Oscar. Yeah. If you were like, she was in Crazy Heart with Jeff Bridges, I'd be like, yeah, okay. I've heard of that movie. She won it for Monster in 2003. I don't even know what that is. Charlize Theron and Christina Ritchie. Sounds good. That does sound good. Oh, it looks good. Looks like 
Looks like really high end. My name is Earl type con com nice. content, not comedy content. Like high end blue collar. I watched not that long ago. I watched a random episode of My Name Is Earl, and I was like, "This is a good show." I bet it was. It was on the air for a while. It was on the air for a while, and I really remember liking it. But I was also like a child that probably shouldn't have been watching it, honestly. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like it. It holds up. It is funny. That's good to hear. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. What have you been enjoying lately? Uh, you know, I've been loving uh, Emily in Paris, of course. Yeah. Um, Tell me about that. It's a good show. Uh, it's about Emily. She moves to Paris and then gets stuck there. It's great. Um, now, is she stuck there I... because of the COVID-19 pandemic? No, no. It's because uh, her boss, I think, got some details, like, wonked out. She's supposed to go there, like, with her boss, I think, mm-hmm. is what happens. And then her boss, like, the last minute, it's like, yeah, no, I'm not going. Uh, but you go anyway. Yeah, you go anyway. Um, what else have I been enjoying? I've been enjoying... Um, God, man, I don't even know. I've been watch. I've been watching sports a lot lately. Okay, which comes up a lot on this show. Tell I me think about it, that. It's getting to people. Uh, the National Basketball Association has kind of been on my radar. We, I don't know if you know this. Yeah, I don't think our fans me. like the National Basketball Association very much. I think they do. I don't think they um, do. I've been watching the the old Hawks. That's our. That's who I've landed on, Ethan. You've landed on the Atlanta Hawks. Tell me about that. I've, I think I've landed on the Atlanta Hawks. I got Trey Young, who is an explosive player, who's fun to watch. You know, he, he's got. Give some me your crazy... best Chris Collinsworth. Now here's a guy about Trey Young. Now here's a guy who you know he's Trey Young. He's in the league. He's a younger guy. I don't even know if that's true. Uh, I know that there was a game where he put up some crazy stat within the past like two weeks. Put like 56 points and 14 assists, which you don't have to be a basketball fan to know that that's a lot. Now there are some uh, there are some some basketball announcers that I really like. Uh, Robert Griffin the third. For my money, for my money, Kevin Harlan is one of the best commentators in professional sports. He's a real Al Michaels type. That's good. He's one of the guys that does the voices for the NBA games, the 2K games. Yeah. And every time he talks, I'm just like, man, this is a this is a bad this is a this is a sports commentator right here. This isn't no Chris Collinsworth. That's one of the problems of football right now is is we don't have there are no great great. I mean, there's still Al Michaels, right? But like you don't have Madden Summerall out there or Berman. Yeah, or Berman. I mean, Berman's still doing some stuff. He's not. He he used to host Countdown. Oh, Countdown sucks now. Good God. I know. The only interesting person, I mean, I like Teddy, but the only interesting person on there is Randy Moss. You got Moss. I could listen to Randy Moss talk about anything forever, right? I like Randy Moss. Like, he, he has such good. a cool, he has such an interesting accent, and he's also just dumb smart about football. Yeah. He knows everything about football, right? He's a real Tony Romo type. Yeah. But then you got Rex Ryan. Yeah. Why? Because Ethan- What does Rex it- Ryan know about football? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing, man. Nothing. We ain't got nothing either. I don't know. That's I, that's all I've got to say, if I'm being 100% honest with you, Ethan. I think we can wrap this bad boy up. All right, wrap it up. Put it in a bag. All right, I need a listener oh, score. Oh, yeah, I need to do the listener score. So just uh, yeah. T.O. All right, Tyler, I've got a listener score here. All right, just to recap, I gave it a 55, Ethan a 95, Rotten Tomatoes a 54, Metacritic 49, and the Rotten Tomatoes audience a 78. What did our listeners give it? Bacon and Eggs uh, listeners gave it a 62. 62. All right, yeah, those low scores really pull it down. Yeah, well, we had a lot of low scores and a lot of high scores, right? There weren't a lot of middle scores. Yeah. Uh, let me copy this I think information. You have a child or a dog? I, a dog, sounds like. Yep, that's a dog. That's Stella with her normal-sized head and her normal-sized body. I mean, her head's uh, pretty small for her body. Her head's pretty fucking small for 
Your head's small for your body. You were the one making fun of my dog and his head size. 67.45, which rounds down to a 67, which beats Red Notice but loses to Eternals. That's an interesting thing for it to be right next to, is Red Notice. I know. I mean, it's way above Red Notice. Red Notice is a 36. Uh, Oh, this is our second worst movie all year? Yeah. (laughs) Um. I thoroughly enjoyed this one. I don't think it's on the top of my thing. Like it didn't. It, it doesn't make my top five, right? It didn't move the needle that way. Um, I don't think I'll watch it again anytime soon. So freaking long. It, it, yeah, it is long. Um, but that's that's where it lands. That's where it lands. Cool. Fair enough. Well, this this has been a bacon and eggs episode. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Emily in Paris. Uh, check our Instagram, uh, Instagram.com slash bacon and eggs pod, or go to follow the link in the description. And enter the giveaway there. There's instructions on the post. And you could be selected to win one of five DVD copies of Emily in Paris TV show. And also go watch it on Netflix. It's very good. It's a lot of fun. Um, I, you know, a lot of, a lot of people love this one. A lot of people find, find a lot of solace in it. It's coming back into the zeitgeist at the moment uh, in a big way. So go check that one out. And uh, Bacon and Eggs production, WBNE Podcast Network. For great podcasts like this one, the one you're listening to, and more great podcasts like Sincerely Us, our dear friends Becca and Eni talk about musical theater, and you can find that podcast anywhere podcasts are found, sold, or given away for free. In addition, our graphics are by Vaishan Brandon, Vaishan Designs on Instagram, and our music is by Andrew Scott Bell, andrewscottbellmusic.com. You can find links in the description if you need them for anything. Tyler, do you have any final thoughts, any questions, any comments, any death threats? No, but we'll see you on Monday for Book of Boba Fett, episode three. Apparently, first episode was not out. And it just disappeared into ether. So yeah, but, we're working uh, on that. Uh, but you can enjoy the first two episodes. They are up now. Um, and, and the third episode will be out Monday-ish. I'll tell you right now, we're playing this one a little closer to the chest than we did in the first early Marvel shows. Uh, but they're coming out roughly on Mondays. Yeah, the Monday-ish Lorian. The Monday-ish Lorian. The Thursday show will remain on Thursdays. Of course, I say that, and next week it'll be Friday. So. The 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 Montduk of Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I'm Ethan Edgell on behalf of Tyler Carlin. This has been Making an Eggs. Until next time, Arrivederci, Annabelle Chase.